Your weekend is not complete without the First Lady of New York Radio. It's the Joan Hamburg Show. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Welcome to the Joan Hamburg Show. We've got a very busy Sunday for you. The New York Marathon, always a great event, but, you know, by the time we're on, the runners are already celebrating. Most of them are across the finish line. It's a wonderful thing to do in New York City to go watch it, whether you're watching on Second Avenue, whether you're watching from someone's window. And the fact that the marathon is back is a sign that we're back. I mean, we're ready for new beginnings. We've got a new mayor. We've got a whole lot of things to look forward to. Radio City, which was dark last year, is shining, full of light, selling tickets for the Christmas Spectacular. And things are happening all over. Theater is booming. And people are going to places like Feinstein's to see great cabaret acts. So we're also celebrating. We've got a young kid, 13 years old, that I saw in an off-Broadway show on the West Side, the West 40s. This kid was unbelievable. I mean, a man, 13. He is so assured and so talented from a little town in Texas and the casting people found this kid, and this kid found them, and everyone's life involved in this production called Trevor changed forever. I mean, this kid still can't believe it at 13 from high school productions or lower school productions now to be just a few blocks off Broadway and getting unbelievable acclaim. The show is in preview and about to open. So I was so fascinated with this kid. And even the story of his family, a fireman daddy, a nurse mom, you know, that this kid, they, they don't sing a note, came into their lives and how they had to change their lives. The mother moved to New York, of course, so the kid can have this opportunity of a lifetime. Anyway, he's one of my guests, and I think you're going to enjoy it. In this case, a star is born as a young boy, and then a star from the time she was like 12 or 13, even younger, Sarah Brightman. Oh my gosh, this woman can sing, and she can act, and she can direct and produce and dance. She's got an incredible range. Sarah Brightman, remember? She was in Phantom of the Opera, all kinds of major things. And she's coming into our area to do a Christmas show, which makes all of us very happy. It's reassuring and reaffirming, and people are out and about and doing their thing. And the art fair has opened at the Armory in the 60s and Park Avenue. And, you know, a friend who went said, for the first time in almost two years, I felt really optimistic and good. People were looking at art and enjoying themselves and laughing and talking. And I saw people I haven't seen in almost two years. And it made me feel 
that everything is going to be all right. If you've never been to one of these giant art fairs, I mean, for me, it's like a kid looking at FAO Schwartz's and at candy stores. Don't touch, just look. It's very hard. It's If you're very wealthy, you can buy. Art has become a huge commodity, and the investment community has turned to art, even during bad times, as an investment that keeps on increasing. But this show is so much fun to see, and if you're there, my friend who's a wonderful art dealer, Bernard Goldberg, go look up his booth and go say hello. You will see wonderful, not so much abstract or the kind of thing that a lot of you know, very young Wall Street kids are buying. And when you say, well, tell me about this painting. And I had a kid, not a kid, you know, like late 20s, 30s. I don't know what it's about, but it's a good investment. There's some gorgeous things, though, at this show. It's one of the great pleasures in New York when it comes in. So go see it. And then you can just take yourself up to Madison Avenue or Lexington Avenue, start heading uptown, Find any one of innumerable restaurants where you can sit outside if it isn't too cold. I still like to do that. They all have heaters and they all have good space. And enjoy a really nice lunch. And you'd be surprised how friendly New Yorkers are. They're very happy to talk to you. And everyone sitting outside brings their dogs. You never saw giant dogs. You live in New York City. What are you doing? The Newfoundland mix, you know, all these doodles. They have Newfa doodles, Pyrenees doodles, one after another. And perfectly well-behaved sitting under the tables. I had mentioned, um, talking to someone, one of my interviews, that everything, you can go anywhere, bring your dogs, don't bring your cats, but bring your dogs, and just enjoy and feel free to wander up the street and just shop for all kinds of good things. It's fun even to window shop at this point. Anyway, I don't want to take up too much time because we have such a good show for you. And we're going to tell you, in addition to great guests, where you can get mail-order turkeys and hams and good things for the holiday, plus all the signs of life that the city is coming back, whether it's the Rockettes, no matter what, it's the theater, take advantage. Now's the time. So enjoy the Joan Hamburg Show. We do it every Sunday starting at 2 o'clock. And don't forget our podcasts, please. We podcast the show, Let Me Tell You, is our original podcast. And you can see us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, we're everywhere. So enjoy. I'm Joan Hamburg and our Sunday show straight ahead. The First Lady of New York Radio. This is Joan Eats. A lot of people during the pandemic got in the habit of having food shipped right to their front door. So why not turkeys? Listen to some of the things I came up with. You can get a fried turkey. Believe it or not, they are delicious. You can get a smoked turkey. You can get a honey-baked turkey or a fresh turkey raised on a small farm. 
right in Wittenberg, Wisconsin, Nukes, N-U-E-S-K-E, apostrophe S, since 1933. Their applewood smoked meats, bacon, ham, sausage, poultry. I'm telling you, if you're a bacon person, they have the best bacon. And they're doing whole smoked turkeys for Thanksgiving. Really good. Juicy, flavorful, fully cooked. Heat it or eat it at room temperature. You know, if you don't have room in your oven, this is a good way to go. And a nine-pound one is $62.99. A smoked whole turkey again, 11 pounds, a little more. And they have turkey breast. It's a good place to order from, 800-382-2266. Burger Smokehouse in California, Missouri, smokehouse.com, 800-624-5426. My neighbors on the east end of Long Island, they love this ham from this place. And this place goes back to 1927. A rural farm family in Missouri perfected curing the perfect ham. Now it's third and fourth generation. So my neighbor orders like a whole half of ham for the two of them. And of course, they can't eat it. So hello, I'm down the road. And they come over and give me the ham. And they give me the ham bone. And I make the best split pea soup you ever tasted. But their turkeys, which take them about a week to make, the hickory-smoked whole turkeys, are really delicious. This is a good company to know about. And they offer two turkey discounts. Check it out. Burger Smokehouse, 800-624-5426. The Honey Baked Ham Company, no secret, you all know it. There are 450 locations. Their spiral honey ham is out of this world, and they do a good job with turkeys and turkey breasts. They've got a lot of stores, and they deliver. Honeybaked.com. And here is one of my favorites. Unfortunately, she moved out of Brooklyn, but Jive Turkey does a crispy, deep-fried turkey that is incredibly delicious. They sell online all over the place, the owner is Arika Westbrooks, and she said there's a shortage, actually, of turkeys, but she's hoping to have a lot to do for Thanksgiving. They come in 15 different flavors. They remain refrigerated for up to four days. I am crazy about it. 718-797-1688, and then uh, D'Artagnan. D-A-R-T-A-G-N-A-N dot com, 1-800-327-8246. They have incredible free-range natural products, humane farming practices. Check out their Green Circle Turkey, available only from them. It's raised on a free-range, wholesome grains, all kinds of wonderful vegetables. This is top-of-the-line place. Check it out, 1-800-327-8246. Early Happy Thanksgiving. You don't want the work? You're willing to spend a few dollars? This is the way to go. 
taking you behind the curtain. It's the Joan Hamburg Show. Talk Radio 77 WABC. special treat we've got the one and only sarah brightman probably one of the leading international superstars in the world the biggest selling soprano sarah i've been following sarah i can't tell you for how many years and now she's going to be in our own backyard she's going to be performing at the saint george theater on staten island November 28th, Sunday, and it is Sarah Brightman, A Christmas Symphony. I'm really so excited for this, and I'm just curious, Sarah, what happened during the pandemic, which isn't quite over, but over enough for people to go back to the real world? Did you stop your tours? What did you do for this year and a half? Oh, well, Joan, first of all, it's lovely to talk to you and thank you very much for that setup. It was wonderful. It's made me feel really wonderful for the rest of my day. Um, pandemic time. Oh, what a time we've all had. Do you know, at the beginning of it, I did have to, I was in the middle of a world tour, um, which was, my tour was called Him and I had to stop. But luckily, I did get over to the United States to do it. And uh, to I was in uh, Canada and also some some of it in South America. So I got some of it done. Oh, also Japan. But um, when the pandemic started and we all started to be locked down, I just remember thinking, what can I do that's useful to myself and useful to other people during this time? So um, my mother, um, she's quite vulnerable and so is my brother and they live in the south of England. So at weekends I would go down there to help with food packages, um, medical supplies, all the things that they needed and some support sort of on the outside there. And in the week I went into a bubble with my singing coach over here that that I work with and I had did a wonderful retrain and refresh of my voice so those were two of the the many things that I sort of managed to do during this time and your voice has always been extraordinary and you started as a kid right you were just a young girl you joined a group you've done all kinds of things was it a family thing? Did the family say, go for it? Do you know, I was very lucky. You know, growing, I grew up sort of as a child in the 60s. And going into the arts, unless you were either going in to just be an opera singer or be a ballerina or 
it was very specific um and um obviously there was was sort of musical theater theater at that time as well but i think the chances weren't weren't as varied of, of and and sort of ways of getting through weren't as varied as they are nowadays not so accepted so i was very lucky that my parents were very supportive of the talent that i had because you know a lot of parents then in england would have said well you know really you should do a job uh, get, get down and, and do a, a proper job and uh, not be going into the arts and uh, so my i was very lucky with with the way that my parents were and their thought of all of this so i got the right training at a very early age and uh, and that was obviously what my destiny was meant to be. Right. And you followed it through. But tell me about a Christmas symphony, which is what you're doing at this moment. Do you know, it, it, when in the middle of the, the pandemic, when we'd been locked down yet again in London, just, before, you know, so, sort of nearer to Christmas, I wanted to do something which sort of made to do some sort of performance which would make me feel good, employ some musicians, um, and because everyone was suffering, and uh, just give, try and give my fans or anyone that cared to sort of watch and listen a sort of good experience at that time of year. So I, I invested in putting together a, a, a Christmas show and sort of uh, and, and put that together in a beautiful old church in, in, in London. And we all got together and just did this show and we got an overwhelming response for it. So I thought, well, my sort of promise to myself was if everything opens up sort of like the end of the year, which of course it's beginning to do, I would like to, to go forward and, and do a Christmas show, sort of two, two and a half hour show for everyone and having had this wonderful experience with the streaming show so that's really how it happened and I think it's going to be beautiful you know it's it's Christmas is such a such an emotional time uh, for people and, and and it's actually a very personal time as well it's to do with family and tradition and and all of those and feelings and uh, so the, the repertoire is a complete mixture of things going from the sort of religious to a little bit of progressive rock in there that, that sort of talks about Christmas within the song. It's got beautiful, we've got beautiful lighting, we've got fabulous choir and orchestra. And also I've got some of my, my hits, um, which for my fans in there, where I'll be, where I'll be um, sort of performing those with sort of a, a Christmas spirit. And it's just got everything there. It's been quite hard to put together, but great fun. And people need it too. I mean, so many people have been in a funk and like, are we ever coming out of this? So it's a perfect yes. time to really do this. Have you seen a lot of changes in London? Like New York is finally starting to wake up. You know, when you walk along Times Square or Broadway, it's saying we're alive, come celebrate us. And I have a feeling through friends in London that you all went through the same thing. But is it waking up now? Oh, yes. Well, I found through this this time that sort of London, we've always been with whatever's happened, whether people are getting better or less people in the hospitals. It's always happened a little before 
what has ever has happened in the United States. They follow a little about a month or two months after us. So London really has been completely back to normal, I would say, for the last two months. I've been to theatre shows, they've been packed. I've been everywhere, you know, in the streets and um, in, in uh, restaurants. And it's like nothing ever happened. So just know in New York that it's going to be like that really, really soon because you're just behind us. Right. And you always have had the most diverse career, whether it's concert, whether it's been Broadway, because you have such an extraordinary range in your voice. Now, with the Christmas tour and with other concerts, do you want to go back and do live Broadway or live whatever is coming up in London? Or is doing concerts more exciting for you now? I think it would be quite difficult for me um, just to get into the mode of, of, of Broadway. I mean, never say never, but I've been doing on, I've been on the concert sort of circuit for so long now. It's sort of my home. Um, so if something came up that, that I felt I could, I could get my head around uh, on, you know, in a musical or in a straight play or whatever, I'd, I'd be very happy. I think it would be wonderful, but it would be now a different experience for me after not doing it for many, many years. I know, but you would come back immediately. You have that still gorgeous voice and this amazing career. And Andrew Lloyd Webber, with whom, what was it? Was that your, well, actually your first show was when you were like 13, right? Yes, it was. 11, actually, I think. Right. And <laughs> then Phantom. Did you know Andrew Lloyd Webber before you did Phantom? Did you know him um, when you yes, were in Cats? Yes, because I, I performed in Cats, in the original of Cats. So I knew him before that. Right. And he had a profound effect on your career, too, in the early days. Yes. And I had a profound effect on you his. You did. <laughs> Absolutely. And I he... mean, Phantom is probably one of the biggest musicals that have ever been. And uh, so I think both of us sort of that experience together was an amazing one and opened up so, so many things in the, in the future. Um, who could ever have known when, when he was sort of, starting to write that and I was there as his muse who would ever have known that what happened happened it was it was just part of our of our sort of daily thing that we were doing at that time so no it I I feel incredibly lucky and and very sort of uh uh what's the word I mean I life throws wonderful things it can throw some horrid things at you but it also can throw some really wonderful things at you and it's why I think always as an artist, it's impossible. It's, it's really important to just keep going, whatever you're going through, because if you've got a gift, it's precious and people want to hear it. Without question. And you seem to have the kind of nature, too, that can do that, even with someone that you were once married to. But you can pick up and resume a very important relationship. As you said, the impact you both had on each other's careers and lives is extraordinary. Yes, yes. And, and that's a wonderful thing. So, you know, it's it's lovely. We're, we're good friends. We actually, when I'm in London, because um, uh, he lives in London full time and I don't, we, we only live around the corner from each other. So we both have dogs. So 
we walk our dogs <laughs> together sometimes and it's all everything's good. Right. The dogs are the world's best mediators. Oh, they're brilliant, I know. Uh, we can forgive everything once we walk our dogs. So exactly this tour, and I want to remind all of you that Sarah Brightman, A Christmas Symphony, you can go to Ticketmaster.com or go to St. George Theater box office. And right here at the theater on Staten Island is November 28th on a Sunday. And once you finish this holiday tour, which we're all hungry for, what's on the very busy Sarah Brightman plate? Do you know, many wonderful things have, have, have happened because, of course, we've all had time to sort of reflect and work out what the future's going to hold. So I've got lots of surprises coming up. Well, I'm looking forward not only to the concert, but to seeing what else, all the amazing things that you do and that you record. I appreciate your being with us. Thank you, Sarah. Have a wonderful holiday. And here's to a better world filled with the gorgeous sound of music and holiday celebrations. Take care. Thank you, and you, Joan. We'll talk again, and I'm Joan Hamburg. You're listening to Sarah Brightman on WABC. More to come. Stay right here. Taking you behind the curtain, it's the Joan Hamburg Show. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Welcome, everyone, to the Joan Hamburg Show. Well, you know we celebrate theater. And recently, I went over to stage 42 to see a new musical that's getting a lot of buzz, off-Broadway musical. A lot of my theater friends have been talking about it, and it stars... A 13-year-old, Holden William Hagelberger, who is from Sugarland, Texas. Now, truthfully, I had never heard of Sugarland, Texas, but that doesn't mean a lot. But I'm curious, and I have Holden here and his mom. He's about to open, and the show is in previews now. It's called Trevor. Trevor, a new musical. So, Holden, I'm so happy to see you. Bravo for your performance. Thank you. And, you know, I grew up not that far out of New York City many, many years ago. And theater was very much a part of my town. It was a little town, but we would come into Manhattan, go to the neighborhood playhouse. I'm curious, a town like yours, which is small, 
Was theater a big part? Did you start getting involved as a little boy? Yes, I started theater when I was eight years old, and I've done over 20 productions at a community theater called Inspiration Stage. In your town? Yes, in Sugarland, and I've been doing theater for almost five years. Well, that that is really impressive, but when it comes to something like Trevor, how did you even know? Doing all the local theater, were you hooked up to agents or managers or anything like that? How did the family even know that they were looking to cast a show for a boy your age? So um, I had done like little acting stuff, like little acting um, classes. And then um, I had auditioned for an agent. And then um, I got... Just like that, how did you even know what agents to audition for? Um, We were just trying to find agents, just trying to find as much agents as we could. And we kept auditioning, we got some declines, and then finally we got an exception from Stuart Talent. And then um, after that, we got an audition for Trevor the Musical. And then that whole audition process. And you auditioned by video? Yes, my first audition was on a Zoom meeting with the casting team. Then I got a call back saying um, that there was an in-person audition in New York. And then, um, after that, we got back home, and then we got the phone call from my agent saying that I got the role. Well, I'm curious. Your mom happens to be here, and you wonder, and I'm going to find out from Shani, who really the whole family had to be involved in this. So when your 13-year-old suddenly gets a New York part with a major group of producers and everything, what was your reaction? Like, how could this happen? Or are we going to go for it? Well, we always, my husband and I, who today is his birthday, so happy birthday, um, we always promised, we discussed it as a family, that if this ever was afforded to hold and if he was ever gifted an opportunity, we would do what we could to make it happen. Um, it's very different when that opportunity is staring you in the face. Right, it's real. Exactly. So um, I, just, you know, we, we had a family discussion and he, of course, wanted to, to go for of it. Of course. So I quit my job and we moved here. You're kidding. No. Okay. That was a big thing. But yeah. what about the rest of the family? Are there um, siblings? There are no siblings. It's just me and my husband and Holden. Uh -huh. um, my husband is a firefighter, and he also um, has a second job as a home inspector. So he is living in Texas, um, and we are living here, and he is coming up. We have plans for him to come up once a month. Okay, yeah. which, which is a good thing. And Holden, when you auditioned for Trevor, did they send you the script? I don't mean just the audition part. Had you read the whole thing before you sang and did your thing? No, they sent me little sides uh -huh. or little um, little parts in the script for me to rehearse and then um, do those at the audition. Like they sent me songs and then they sent me sides of lines and then also throughout the audition process they had me do choreography. And were you a dancer as well? Um, I don't mean in the play, which you dance, but I mean in your life at home with yeah, um, I'm not like the best <laughs> dancer. Yeah, you look pretty good to me. <laughs> Thank you, but um, yeah, I guess you can. I guess you can kind of say I was a 
like a sort of dancer during um, doing community theater at my um, in Sugarland, Texas. Well, this Trevor, by the way, is based on a film which actually won an Academy Award for the best short film a while ago. And it's the story of a youngster around 13, a coming of age story. Most kids have no clue who they are. That's a tough age and it's hard to find oneself. And this is what this is about. And there were four young guys, not kids, but like 20 sitting in front of us the night we went to the theater. One of them was like crying throughout the whole thing. And he said, when we said to him, are you okay? Because he was in front of us. And he said, this is the story of my life. I can't tell you what this means to me. So did you have any angst about doing it? Or you recognized Trevor in your friends and in what was going on in the world of a 13, 14-year-old? Um... What do you mean, like, angst? Nervousness, anxiety. Oh. Um, I feel like, um, if you're talking about, like, can people relate to Trevor? Right, and did you relate right away? Um, yes, because there are, because I feel like Trevor's story, with Trevor's story, you just, it's all about just finding out who you are and just being yourself and just not, just not letting people get to your head. And I relate to that a lot because I do have friends who weren't manipulating, but I didn't let that get to my head. Uh-huh. I didn't let that get to my head. I just stood up tall. Um, um, what's the saying? Um, kept my head up high, and I just kept on going with my life. And when you and your mom came to New York and you first started rehearsals and you had to deal with, you know, not a small town where you sort of knew everyone and everyone knew you and the family, but with new york city which can be overwhelming did it feel like home was it thrilling or was it overwhelming it was mostly thrilling because we're um i don't know just being in the city makes me really happy but then it can Uh also mama (laughs) you're in trouble (laughs) um it was really really thrilling because i don't know just like being in the city with like a ton of broadway theaters but near uh nearby just made me really really happy and it got me in the new york feel but then it can also be overwhelming because we have to move stuff in and move like move a ton of things in trying to find an apartment which thankfully we found yeah we had to relocate thankfully thankfully whoa thankfully we found an apartment and um yeah it's just it's really thrilling to be in new york and you're on stage all the time yeah i mean it's it's called Trevor for good reason. Yeah. Trevor's there I 24-7. Yeah, I never leave the stage unless I'm changing a costume or I have like a 20-second break and, and I'm back a, on stage. a lot of lines yes. for anyone yes, yes, to yes. remember. What, and how did you deal with that? So um, I rehearse them at home, but I mostly um, memorize them throughout the rehearsal process, um, having to do this, having to do one scene over and over again. So that's how I mostly found out my lines and also um, found out how to, you know, react to people, how to find relationships in the story. Um, so, yeah. And what about school? Oh, yes. Um, school, school was definitely a really hard process um, because we had long rehearsals. So and also um, I was just kind of tired. And also there is tired and you're also on the stage constantly. Yeah. And also there are some days where I don't 
really feel like doing school. Well, that would have been without the show, too. Yeah. So how did you handle that? Um, well, I would, there were some days where I didn't really want to do school, but then, um, I was, I, I really had to do school, so I would just have to do school before rehearsal, and they also have a tutoring thing, uh-huh. but, um, I did. There's a lot of kids in the show. Yeah, but I did need rest, so I ended up staying home and doing it, so, um, yeah, so I mostly stayed home and did and tutoring. And voice lessons, too? Um, I did voice lessons, um in texas right that as part of your yes 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 i did voice lessons in texas and then um now i don't like i do um like learning the music from trevor that's also how i find out how to sing like um the music director will tell me to open my mouth wider or loosen like don't do as much volume here so it really does help me too and when all this was happening shaney I mean, you moved from home and left all familiar things behind you. How was it for you while Holden was rehearsing all the time and really busy in his world? Was it a huge adjustment or? It, it was and it, it kind of still is. Um, we were living we were living in a hotel for three and a half weeks. That's not so easy. That was pretty difficult. So I would hit the streets and just start walking and looking around. I would made my way to Central Park and did the loop a few times just to try to get out in the air and the sun. Just to, um, but once we got an apartment uh, where we can cook and, and you know, feel like eat, home, uh, yeah, it's been it's been a bit, you know, better. Um, the parents of the cast members have been so you're a community yeah been really really um just anything just constantly checking on me make sure you know if i need Uh anything no it's very hard to leave a community friends your husband the whole family but soon new york will feel like home and that's when it's going to become because you may not want to go back (laughs) (laughs) he definitely does not want to go back I only want to go back to, like, see Dad, see Jake, and also see my friends. But then also I really love the city. So I know. Well, <laughs> you know, it's a great city to love, especially if you're a theater kid. Yes. And this is what's in your DNA. Now, how did that happen? Do you sing and dance? Does your husband? Absolutely So not. you mean he, this kid just started singing at, like, a little boy? So we, um, I saw an advertisement for a show at the community theater. How old was he? I was eight, and also I loved High School Musical, so that's also that's also why I started singing a ton of songs from there. So then we saw the first show, and then they were advertising for Flat Stanley Jr., so he wanted my husband to come with us, and so we went to see that one. And then they were advertising for auditions for Madagascar Jr., and he, at the end of the show, Flat Stanley, he runs to the front because all the cast members come down and they take pictures. And I overhear him telling the kids, hey, I'll see y'all, I'm gonna be in Madagascar. And one of the kids turns around, he's like, who's that? Who is this kid? And he, he's yelling at Holden going, you know, you have to audition. And Holden's like, I'm gonna be in it. And walks out the door and that was, he went and auditioned and he got a part and then he's auditioned 
for you know thirty. He's been in thirty productions with them. And you and both of you looked at this kid and said, "Where did he come from?" Absolutely, because we would never. I could never do what he does, and to see him in Trevor, it's amazing that um, he's he's here doing this. Um, it's pretty. Yeah. And he owns the stage. How'd you get so confident? Every 13-year-old is going to want to know that. Um, I don't know. I guess it's just, um, I guess it's really just ha just believing in yourself and just knowing that you are the best and just knowing that you, just, just being you, it just makes you, I don't even, I just lost my track of thought. But I guess it's just, just don't let other people's words get to your head and just believe in yourself. And you've been that way for a long time. Yes. And when you did your first preview, was there nervousness connected with that? Oh, or? yes. Um, um, backstage, I was just like, oh my God, like I'm actually so nervous. And also it was our first live audience. Right. So it was really, really crazy. But then whenever I was sitting backstage and I heard, and I just felt the energy from the audience and when the music started, I was like, all right, I got this. And then the show began, and I was just having the time of my life. So once you were out there, it was home. Oh, yeah. Like, once I got out on that stage, all the nervousness just went away, and I was like, I got this. And then the curtain call, a thrill? Yes. Um, I started, I cried on, of course. on I think, my invited dress, because I was so overwhelmed with emotion. Like, I was like, this is like because I've been working so hard for this. And then the fact that it's actually happening is literally insane. So I was just so overwhelmed, and I just started crying backstage, and it was crazy. Well, you did a really great job. You're doing a great job. Thank you. The play is Trevor, a new musical at stage 42, and Holden is on for the entire time. He sings, he dances, he acts. And he's going to hold you right in the palm of his hand. So get a ticket and enjoy. And don't forget, this kid, there were over 1,300 auditions. And from a little town in Texas, his fate took hold of him. And now you can all enjoy and all share. Thank you all for coming in. I'm Joan Hamburg, and you're listening to WABC. More ahead. Stay tuned. The First Lady of New York Radio. This is Ask Joan. All right, guys, I see that we're almost at the end of the show. I will tell you, having been out and about and literally freezing because I'm still crazy enough to want to eat outside and not go in, and the frost was definitely on the pumpkin this week. It was cold, even with heaters, but the city was absolutely bustling. And if you walk along Madison Avenue, so let's say starting around 60th Street and go up through the 80s, even the 90s, there's one structure after another in front of restaurants. Look like Europe. And people are sitting outside and laughing and talking and drinking and having a really good time. One restaurant after another. We actually took friends for a birthday celebration to the Mark Hotel. They have a great outdoors. 
the service was so fabulous. The food was so good. We real we sat there for over two hours. It was great, absolutely great. And then you just walk uptown on either side of Madison, and all of these restaurants are welcoming and happy to see you. So it's definitely coming back to life. In fact, today, now, I mean, we're well into it as we're on the air, the New York Marathon, the New York City Marathon. Don't forget, we missed that. And then the Christmas Spectacular opened on Friday. Don't forget last season, because of the pandemic, it was closed. 69 million people since it made its debut in 33. And when I was a kid, we never missed a holiday. My parents took me. I was so excited to go to that show. And when my family comes in from L.A., I take my granddaughter. We all go. Again, it's one of the great shows. And you can find out it's going to be through January 2nd. You can get tickets. Go to rockets.com slash Christmas. The show is only 90 minutes, which is perfect for kids, and it has no intermission. We actually found tickets as low as $49, and if you go online and get it, there is a service charge. So rockets.com slash Christmas will tell you once you go on all about the discounts. The box office on 50th and 6th Avenue is open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 6. You have a question, 212-465-6225. If you get them from Ticketmaster, they're going to give you a service charge. So, you know, they do a good job, but there is a service charge. I'm just telling you. Radio City, they do have COVID restrictions. If you're 12 or older... You've got to provide proof of COVID vaccination. That means at least one shot prior to attending. Here's where I disagree with them. Fully vaccinated guests are not required to wear a mask. Now, I think everyone should, like theater, have to wear a mask regardless. There are breakthrough cases. There's a ton of kids in this, and I think it's important to wear a mask. This is just me. I'm a big fan of this. Told you I've gone every year since I was a kid. But if you're not vaccinated, then you have to wear a mask. My theory is everyone should wear a mask in a great big room like that with a lot of kids. The New York City Ballet, hooray, it's annual season of Balanchine's The Nutcracker is on Friday opening November 26th at Lincoln Center. 47 performances. Again, a tradition, a winner through January 2nd. You can go on to nycballet.com or call 212-496-0600. Go to the box office. The theater is on the Lincoln Center Plaza at Columbus Avenue and 63rd Street if you want to avoid the service fee. All right, guys, I'm going to let you go on to the next show on WABC. I loved having you share. We do this every Sunday at 2 o'clock, so please be there. And also, 
Enjoy our podcast. The show has its own podcast. And let me tell you, is another podcast. So go get them. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. I'm Joan Hamburg, and you've been listening to WABC.